You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, I want to give a big shout-out to our sports byline affiliates around the country and to the service men and women out there around the world listening on the American Forces Radio Network. Getting a little taste of home from your boy, Speeds, The Spittin' Statistician. As usual, I got my boy, JP, the Night Owl, on the ones and twos, so hot that we sweat Team, but this is an NBA draft special, so I am honored to be joined by my man Greg Sussman, Sussmania in the building as well from the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, the Kevin Walsh. We are going to be breaking down all the draft picks. It is going on right now at Barclays. Sussmania, how you feeling about this? I'm, I'm good, Dan, man. I'm pumped, man. Yeah, I, every team's got a chance tonight. Every chance for something well. nice. for Jackson, for <laughs> is, Phil, is, is, is Phil Sino? Yes. Okay, I mean, this happens with 70-year-old men, right? Yes, I think so. Uh, he, was, he was dumped by Jeannie Buss. Uh, yeah, was like, yeah. I think since then, it's probably been a tailspin. Maybe, maybe. And he didn't go on a bender like Matt Harvey did. Well, he went on a bender with, like, other narcotics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then, That's so the Kevin Walsh is also in the building with us. Uh, what are you expecting at the top of the draft? Who's going to go first? Is, uh, you know... We got Markel Fultz. Is that Lonzo yeah, Ball? It's going to be Fultz at one. I just want to see the other trades that follow. If the Celtics pull the trigger with all of the assets mm-hmm. that they have, if they make the move for Chris Stapps, if they make the move for Jimmy Butler, Paul George, all of those bigger names that could be on the move because of the position the Celtics are in. Absolutely. We are going to be covering it like white on rice, like flies on poo all hour long. We're going to be talking about PG-13. We're going to be talking about Jimmy Butler. We're going to be talking about my man, the 3-6 lot via Kristaps Porzingis. And as picks are made, we are certainly going to let you know. We got Kevin Walsh in the building. He's going to be racked reacting Sussmania as well. And of course, we may hear something from LeVar Ball as well. I'm not sure, but when we come back, come on, stay with us right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is an NBA Draft Special Edition. We are also not only live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and Sports Byline Affiliates, American Forces Radio Network. We are also live right now on YouTube. So if you want to see Speeds the Spitting Statistician in his glorious face, I got my Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt on. We are ready to go for the NBA Draft. Um, Listen... Leading up to the draft, there has been a ton of, you know, smoke or fire rumors between LaMarcus Aldridge, Paul George, Jimmy Butler. There's been a lot of rumors, but there have actually been some moves already. I'd like to get your guys' take on this Lakers trade, first of all. They moved D'Angelo Russell and Timothy Mozgov to the Brooklyn Nets for Brooke Lopez and the number 28 overall pick. 
Um, Kevin, are they in essence clearing the way for them to in fact draft Lonzo Ball number two overall? Absolutely. The report actually is right now that Ramona Shelburne is confirming they're going to take Lonzo, which is what most people expected. And I think in some ways they're trying to recreate what he had at UCLA. And Brooke Lopez's game is pretty similar to what Thomas Welsh did at UCLA, the big man that they had. So you can kind of see the similarities there that I think they're going to try to make this as easy of a transition as possible for Ball. I hear you. But one of the things to me is that it's not about Brooke Lopez's game. Greg, it's about Brooke Lopez's contract. And that being a better contract than Timothy Mozgov because I think they are kind of organizing themselves for next summer when we hear word of potentially PG-13 wanting to come to L.A. We hear names like Russell Westbrook, another California kid, and of course the King as well may head out west. I think it's just like organizing the salaries. What do you think about this move, Greg? I don't think there's any question about that. It's about organizing the salaries. I don't think they have interest in Brooke Lopez, the player. Anything Brooke Lopez gives them this year is gravy. I mean, he's not the point of the trade. It's, It's setting the table, setting the stage for 2018, setting the stage for Lonzo Ball to come in, be the starting point guard, to start off his Lakers career, and not have to worry about any of the nonsense that's come before them, from D'Angelo Russell to Nick Young mm-hmm. uh, to Lou Williams, right? None of that stuff will be involved anymore with the Lakers. This will be, all be brand new. Like, I've... I, I, Talked about Avika Zubak a lot. Like, he is a good basketball player. He needs the opportunity to improve. The only way that's going to happen is if he plays. He's going to have an opportunity this year, much like Timothy Moscow was on the bench. You'll right. see Brooke Lopez miss a lot of games with foot injuries yeah. and, real foot, and real foot injuries. So I get it from the Lakers' perspective. From the Nets' perspective, it makes a lot of sense. This is the Cleveland Browns trade where they accepted Brock right. Osweiler, right? right? Like, you're just taking Timothy Moscow. Well, they're Moscow. happy about the second round pick. <laughs> Well, you're taking Timothy Mozgov because you can. D'Angelo Russell's the star of the trade where he's going to chuck up a thousand shots a game and, mm-hmm. and he can improve and maybe we'll see what he becomes. But they have the ability because of where they are and how long it will take them to get back to just take on these bad contracts and improve uh, in, in many years' time right now. Not right now. All right, another deal that did go down already in advance of the draft. The Atlanta Hawks traded D12, Dwight Howard, and the number 31 overall pick to the Charlotte Hornets from Miles Plumley, Marco Bellinelli, and the number 41 overall pick. Greg, here's the thing with me. Dwight Howard, you know, he was so happy he was going to sign at home, back in his hometown. But if it didn't work out for him in Atlanta, is it ever going to work out for Dwight Howard? You know, I mean... He was all fun and games with the cape and, you know, the dunk contest. But ever since then, I mean, everybody's been piling on him. Is he really even someone uh, that's a factor in the Eastern Conference anymore? Well, when you when you see, you know, Dwight, Dwight Howard, I forget the word you just used, but Dwight Howard's been very successful, right? What is he? He's on a $56 million contract. Sure, right? sure. Okay, he's 32 years old, or going to be 32 in December. This is his 32-year-old season. Mm-hmm. He's made well over $100 million playing basketball. Right. All right. So Dwight Howard doesn't have the killer instinct. All right. So Dwight Howard isn't Shaq. Dwight Howard, at this point in his career, is a guy that rebounds the basketball. He goes, collects his paycheck, and he goes home. I understand that we don't want that. We don't accept that. Like, all right, he's the passion of a Russell Westbrook. He's not as determined as LeBron James. Collects his paycheck. He's a ba- he's a fine basketball player. He fits what Charlotte needs, which is desperately uh, some post presence and someone to grab a rebound. That is what Dwight Howard is. He, that's what, he's fine. He's not a superstar. He's what he is. All right. And, uh, bigger, bigger name than Gabe at this point. 
Right, right. Kevin, what do you think about this? I just think it, there's a real argument to be made that Cody Zeller is better than Dwight and just hasn't had enough of a chance to show it. And that's why it's just so weird because the Howard contract is not good. And they have a couple of contracts that aren't great, like the Batum contract. He's a good player, but the, the Hornets have no wiggle room whatsoever so they're stuck with what they have you're right Dwight is certainly a name he's a draw he will get people to come the first 20 games of this season probably it's just I don't know how much overall sense this makes MJ does not seem to have any sort of plan in Charlotte well you know what maybe he's taking it from his boy Phil I'll tell you what I like his plan better than the Knicks plan but that's fine Fair enough, fair enough. I mean, we're going to get into Phil Jackson. We'll get into Kristaps Porzingis a little bit later on. The one other thing I want to mention here before, you know, before we hear anything of what happens with Philadelphia, we all think it'll be Markel Fultz, but... The other big news that is happening this week is the instability in Cleveland. Okay, after the GM, David Griffin, was fired, we are now hearing reports. You know, we hear that LeBron is concerned. We know he has the ability to kind of opt out next summer. And I am now hearing that Cleveland Cavalier players are telling other players in the league, no, you do not want to hitch your tail to this wagon for the long term because this might be a one year and that's it. Um, With LeBron maybe moving because he is concerned and frustrated. You know there is no love lost between him and Dan Gilbert. And it seems like Gilbert is just treating the front office like they are interchangeable parts. Um, do you think this is true, Greg, that you know it's crazy that the second best team in the league is somehow a black hole for free agents? You know what's amazing is that uh, one month ago, maybe not even, this team was 12-1 and in the playoffs. Right. They were in the finals. They right. were 12-1. and They lost one game. Right. And it was... Absolutely remarkable. They were going to go up head to head with the Warriors for the third time, mm-hmm. and we're going to have this battle for the ages. And they wound up losing in five games to the Warriors. And listen, they lost one of the best teams of all time. Right. Okay. One of the best teams of all time. LeBron went to his seventh consecutive final. And now all of a sudden, the Cavs have become a dumpster fire? It doesn't make sense to me. Now, Throughout his history of owning the team, Dan Gilbert has always felt this way about head coaches mm-hmm. and about general managers. They're expendable, and he'll pay whatever it costs uh, to get rid of them. And David Griffin didn't cost anything to get rid of. But, you know, it's I find it surprising when you're hearing what you're saying about the players because I guess it all comes down to one man, and that's LeBron James. And if mm-hmm. LeBron James isn't sticking around, then no one's going to Cleveland. Right. As J.R. Smith said, there's just nothing to do there. Right. So <laughs> no, one's, no one's rushing to Cleveland, but... LeBron stays, and all of a sudden they acquire Paul George, they mm-hmm. acquire Jimmy Butler, they acquire even a name we're not even talking about. You know, all of a sudden it becomes a destination again. Kevin Love had zero interest of going to Cleveland. All of a sudden LeBron James came back, and it was an inevitability that Kevin Love would go to Cleveland. I think what it speaks to, and we're seeing this in basketball, we see this in other sports, specifically football. Um, you either want to be a team that can contend or be a team that's completely breaking it down and trying to find your window in the future. It looks like a lot of teams right now are thinking that the Warriors are here to stay and are going to be at the top of the mountain for a while. You see, for example, Boston, you know, stockpiling draft picks and moving back, maybe thinking that their time is not now. And maybe even Cleveland is doing this as well. You know, if it's not now, at Acknowledging that, admitting that, and going to the another part of the cycle. I just think that Gilbert's messing the whole thing up. He messed it up the first go-around with LeBron, and it's happening again. If he clearly states that he likes David Griffin, you bring him back. People will say that Gilbert has paid more money than any owner in history to get them that championship, and he did, and you give him credit for that. But he is messing it up again. You're giving LeBron no reason to stay. If there is no Jimmy Butler or Paul George... 
Kevin Love is good, but he's not enough to get them to beat the Warriors. We saw that. Business opportunities and lifestyle, and the fact that he already got the championship for Cleveland gives LeBron every pass in the world to leave, and Gilbert's making it easier because now when he makes that decision to go to the Clippers or the Lakers, he gets to point upstairs and say it's his fault, and this time, no letter is going to trick the fans into thinking that that's not the case. Absolutely, absolutely, and one name to keep an eye on in Cleveland, it sounds like Chauncey Billups may be the uh, the, the pick for general manager. Dan Gilbert loves Chauncey Billups. Yeah, he liked his analysis on ESPN. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he was his real estate spokesman yeah. back in the day. All I know is that might hurt his uh, impact in the big three league with uh, my boys, the killer threes, uh, coming up if he has to, you know, be in the front office in Cleveland. Check this out. We're going to take a quick break here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're keeping an eye on what's going down at the Barclays. The Philadelphia 76ers are still on the clock. We're going to get into some of these guys whose names we expect to hear early on in the draft when we come back. For my man Greg Sussman and Kevin Walsh, this is your boy Dane Martinez. Speeds the spin decision. Fantasy freestyle. Let's go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, on our Sports Byline affiliates and the American Forces Radio Network. Big shout out to the service men and women getting a little taste of home from your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician. We usually help you win your leagues and win that cash. Today, however, it is an NBA draft special. We are also live on YouTube, on the Fantasy Sports YouTube channel. So come check us out if you ever wanted to see what your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician looks like. I'm so sexy. What you Joe? I got my man Greg Sussman. I got Kevin Walsh with me as well. Listen, let's get into this. The, the Philadelphia 76ers are about, you know, they're on the clock. They're about to make their pick in the next 10 minutes. Everybody thinks that it is going to be point guard Markel Fultz out of Washington. This guy averaged 23 points a game, almost six assists, but came kind of out of nowhere did like at the going into this college basketball season was he really on the radar as someone who was going to be a top pick I didn't think so so how did he emerge Kevin it, it was not to this level on the ESPN he finished I believe seventh in their top 100 and within a month he was number one in all mock drafts it was crazy but if you look at how he started off his career in Washington he was just putting it all on display yeah well I mean for me actually the short answer was yes I he's a demathic kid went to a, obviously DeMatha in Maryland mm-hmm. in the DC area is a prolific high school basketball program and, and Maryland where I went obviously is was interested in Markel Fultz and he went out to Washington I'm like what the hell is this guy going to Washington for um but they were, they've constantly been able to get recruit after recruit after recruit uh, to play for the Huskies and Markel Fultz I think if he went to Kentucky with the Duke he went to UNC with the Kansas he went to one of these blue blood programs Everybody would have known Markel Fultz, maybe not to the Lonzo Ball level, right. but certainly the Jason Tatum to the Josh Jackson level. Everybody would have understood and watched quite a bit of Markel Fultz. Now, the opposite, so this is very similar to Ben Simmons last year, where a team doesn't make the tournament. It, it's something where not enough of the mainstream public have seen Markel Fultz. It doesn't make him not like the uber prospect, obviously. We'll have no idea if it worked out for Ben Simmons because he was hurt. We'll see you this year. But Markel Fultz, really from day one, Kevin said it, his talents were on display in Washington. And... People will point out they didn't make the tournament, as I said, with Ben Simmons. But when he's by himself, there's only yeah. so much you can do. Obviously, obviously, there was a coaching change in Washington. He wasn't good enough to get the job done. So 
great recruiter, not a great coach, and that's part of the problem. You know, and Fultz and uh, you know Ben Simmons may be playing together, but here's you mentioned that Washington did not make it to the tournament, but honestly, it was worse than that. Washington won like eight games. So my question is, obviously his skills were on display, but at some point, especially in that locker room in Philadelphia where they do not have the winning habits, you know, at some point, does it matter? Are you concerned that he was not, if he's so great, how come he couldn't lead his Pac-12 team to more than eight wins in the season? Does that matter to you at all, Greg? Well, it's really interesting because you you mentioned Philadelphia where Mark Fultz will be in literally 10 minutes from now. Mm-hmm. And if Sam Hinkie was the general manager of Philly, he doesn't make this trade because he doesn't give up assets for anything. Right. And <laughs> it's, it's clear that the Colangelo's and Brian Colangelo's had you know, certainly his ups and downs with Phoenix and Toronto before. And they felt that Markel Fultz was a big enough upgrade over Ben Simmons at point guard. Remember, they right. wanted Simmons to be their, ball, their, their guy that brought the ball mm-hmm. up and tried to mold him to point guard, even though he didn't really play that at LSU. He's more the shooting guard. So to have Markel Fultz come in, they have to believe in what they saw, despite not making the tournament in Washington. Lorenzo Romar, as I said, a better recruiter than he was coach. That's why he's now the lead recruiter for Sean Miller in Arizona. Lorenzo Romar has gotten, been able to get recruit after recruit there, but he hasn't had sustained success. He made a final, he made a Sweet 16 as a number one seed uh, with Nate Robinson back in right. the day, right? Nate Robinson. So, he hasn't had sustained tournament success, but he's been able to do the recruits. To me, that's a trend where he can get the best players, but he can't do anything with them. With them. That is not on Markel Fultz. I think, though, like you mentioned, DeMath is a really great program. In his last two years, he only lost four games in high school. He was the MVP of the Under-18 USA tournament. And you're surrounded with the best of the best, and he was the one that was the brightest star amongst all those prospects. And you also mentioned as well that they are confident in putting the ball in his hands. And yeah. you look at the two comps that the players get, and it's Obviously, big names, but Ben got the LeBron comp and right. Fultz gets the Harden comp. And I think it's it's going to be in some ways similar to where Ben can handle a lot and Fultz can play off of him and attack ISO because he's so good at that. It gives them so much versatility. And it, it can, again, it's, it's hard to give these comparisons without overstepping boundaries, but it can remind people of how LeBron can just give the ball to Kyrie and just say, go. And it gives you that extra break. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you guys this, because you mentioned what Colangelo is doing, right? Sure. In essence, he's reaping the benefits of the process, right? So let me ask you, with tonight, mm-hmm. is the process complete? No, you know, I don't think it's ever complete. I think Philadelphia has plenty of assets left. I believe, they have, I believe I'm not even joking about this, that they have the Knicks second-round pick from next year through the next four years after that. <laughs> not, not joking, that, that that's real. I think the process continues. I think we have to see Joel Embiid be healthy. Like yeah, He was fantastic in the games that he played. He didn't play back-to-backs. He missed the entire second half of the season. Dario Saric comes over for the, for the first uh, his first year in the NBA. He was tremendous. We have to see him take a step. And, and then you have Simmons, and then you have Fultz, and that is an awesome core. Then what can you do in free agency? How do you attract the players to come to Philadelphia? I know that was the next step, to clear out all this cash space and to be able to get somebody in there. But in order to get somebody to Philadelphia, you have to have a little bit of... Something someone would want to join. Exactly, which I think they're building. And again, I wish I would have seen... We would have all seen Sam Hinkie be able to complete the process. We killed him, we killed him, we killed him. He got killed enough that he got fired. But I wanted to see his vision because I've seen the Colangelo's vision. It doesn't really work out. I want to see his vision. We'll see what the Colangelo's doing what he did. It works out for Team USA basketball. Sure. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> well, that, that is true. That, that is true. But Brian Colangelo did not do a great job in Toronto. And he left, and then they got good. 
Absolutely. I think it could be like a perfect marriage kind of though because Hickey would have not made the trade, but I think nope. the, I think the trade was a good idea. I think getting Fultz was the right move. Well, it depends who they wanted, right? It depends who they would have brought in, and I, and I don't know who that is. I mean, it may have been Tatum or Jackson. We, we'll never know. Right, I, but I think if you combine kind of what Hinky did, which is all of these other assets, and then Colangelo's, you can just give them credit for Fultz, and then they'd have to obviously figure out the free agent process and things like that. But I think right now the big three that they have there, of course, and B needs to be healthy, is one to be very, very optimistic I think you about. I to include the big four. I, I think Dario Sarge is that good. Like, he yeah. is that good. I mean, you, it's, it's fair. He only started, I think it was 36 games, and he's one of the finalists for Rookie of the Year. The rookie class was not great last year, but he impressed. He, he was very impressive. I think that it might be similar, and again, these comparisons make it sound wild, but to Golden State, to where like maybe there's a clearer tier to it, but all of them deserve credit on a high, high level. All right. Now, one of the things you said, and it's kind of funny, you know, you throw out that term big three, right? Like every team is trying to get a big three. And it's almost like, you know, now you're talking about maybe Fultz and Bede and Simmons as a big three. Everybody's trying to put that together. Another place where they're trying to get a different big three is back in Cleveland. And one of the big names there is Paul George. So I want to talk about Paul George real quick. My theory is this. The Lakers need to pull the trigger now and not necessarily wait for him to sign in free agency because you never know what might happen in the interim. Yes, he says he wants to go to L.A., but what if the Clippers make a trade for him and then he's happy? What if, you know, they do make a trade and move him to Cleveland and, oh, he's a he's in the NBA Finals and then, you know, things could change. I think the Lakers need to strike when the iron is hot, when they think they have the ability to add, you know, something and someone who could be potentially part of a big three. Do you think um, the Lakers are wise to kind of, you know, wait and play it out and think they can get PG-13. Absolutely. I don't think there's any doubt about that because LA's about to become a destination again. As you said, Dane, they're, they're clearing the cap space and they're, they're getting players people are going to want to play with. If Lonzo Ball is what they think he will, think he will be, if Julius Randle continues to improve, uh, they're going to have a ton of cap space and they're going to be able to get whoever they want. When you play for, in, in LA, like mm-hmm. you have that ability to You've seen what Kobe Bryant could be and Magic Johnson could be. I'm not saying they're not two of the best players in the history of the NBA, but when you have that light shining down on you, that means something. And it's, they're always going to have that ability to attract free agents. That's not changing anytime soon. So Paul George, an L.A. kid, right? Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook, an L.A. kid. They're going to be able to attract the free agents. Magic Johnson is now running the show. Nobody uh, garners more respect in the NBA than Magic Johnson. So to me, they sit back and wait. You know what? Yeah. Cleveland wants to give up assets for Paul George. Great. He's not re-signing until he has a, at least a chance to talk to the Lakers. The Clippers are imploding. Like mm-hmm. the Los Angeles Clippers are completely imploding. Uh, Chris Paul maybe in San, San Antonio, Antonio in two weeks. So if I'm the Lakers, I'll wait and see what comes to me, and then I'll make my. And then we'll see what we, where the cards fall, basically. Okay, Kevin, fall. what do you think? You pull the trigger now? I, no, I would wait? also wait because my thing is the worst case scenario is Paul George doesn't come, and I don't think that that's that bad. I wouldn't have moved the Russell trade. I think I would have tried to see what happened with the young kids and then you could have made the trade in next offseason. But it's like Greg said, they are becoming more of a destination. And if Lonzo is what everyone says in this infectious passer and just everyone wants to play with him, it's going to multiply that because then everyone's going to want to be alongside Lonzo knowing that there's a superstar who only wants to make other players better. And everyone is going to want to spend $495 to buy a pair (laughs) 
pair of sneakers as well if Lonzo becomes what they think he is. The question is, do you think LeVar calms down, quiets down no. if he's in La La Land? Do you think that, you know, we're still just building that brand, baby? He's in La La Land. He's right now. And he, this is how he's building his brand. And Absolutely not. He's if you're watching the draft right now, he's got the tie that has the BBB on it. It's crazy, mm-hmm. the big ball of ran as Adam Silver up at the podium right now, announcing that the Sixers now officially, officially, officially uh, will be on the clock. All right, let's see what we have here. We all think it's definitely going to be Markel Fultz. Yo, let me ask you real quick, Kevin. Um, with things like this, the draft. Yeah. The commissioner gets booed all the time, right? Do you think um, Adam which- Silver gets cheered? Silver is the only commissioner they, they who gets cheered. Him. I guess so, but I just I I think it's kind of like a tradition, you know, to kind of boo the commissioner as he comes out. You saw Goodell like well, waving it like, on. He's <laughs> like the biggest heel in the business if we're going to use the wrestling terms. Right. But and Silver's like the perfect babyface, completely caters to fans and players, and just does everything possible to make all of those people happy. It, it, they're almost like they would be like the perfect WWE rivalry. I could see them getting a WrestleMania match. He's also catering to us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network because he wants the legal gambling uh, in the sports world. When we come back, the pick will be in, and we're going to break it down. The newest addition to the Philadelphia 76ers is your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds, the spitting statistician, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You could also catch us live streaming on our YouTube channel. I got my man Kevin Walsh here. I got Greg Sussman, Sussmania. Greg, you are hearing uh, little birdies say, you know, because there's a lot of moves to be made at draft time. So uh, what are we hearing right now? Mark Stein, ESPN, or formerly of ESPN, still ESPN Steinline on Twitter. Tweeted out just a moment ago, the Wolves are close to acquiring Jimmy Butler the from, the, from the Chicago Bulls. Remember, Jimmy Butler played for Tom Thibodeau in Chicago, and they wanted to do, uh, they wanted to trade from last year. They wanted to basically do Chris Dunn straight up, uh, if you remember, for Jimmy Butler, Chris Dunn, and a little bit more. It turns out uh, this year they're very, very close to making it happen. The big rumor on Twitter, and this comes from Zach Lowe, he says he thinks it's Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the number seven pick for Jimmy Butler. We'll see if that gets done as Markel Fultz officially joins the Philadelphia 76 Absolutely, Greg. The pick is in, and Markel Fultz, the point guard out of Washington, is the number one overall pick of the 2017 draft going to Philadelphia, like we said. Kevin, let me get your take real quick on this idea. You know, the Wolves were not necessarily a team that I was thinking about with uh, Jimmy Butler. You know Thibodeau will like his defensive prowess, pairing him with, you know, Cat up there, Carl Anthony. Towns. Um, could the T-Wolves be a team on the rise that not many people are talking about? I think absolutely. Towns, to me, is already near top 10 talent in this league if he's not already there. I really like Wiggins. And Jimmy Butler is, to me, definitely a top 10 talent right now. Thibs tried to pull this back off last draft, and the Bulls waited him out, and they got done, which was kind of the pick they were going to go with last year. They add Levine and the seventh pick on top of it. It's not done. That's the rumored report. But I could see that being done, and I, I really like that for Minnesota. Well, Minnesota, basically Tom Thibodeau needed a guy to come in and, and show everybody how it's how done. How to play. Right? Yeah. Like, everyone liked Minnesota last year as a sleeper team. They're all mm-hmm. young and they're going to gel together. They're going to grow together. And they had a lot of, a lot of fallacies on, on the defensive end. And that 
you know, as R- Ricky Rubio really improved it as a defender, but nobody brought the Tom Thibodeau style like I think he needed. Jimmy Butler's a guy who can play when he's healthy, 48 minutes a night for right. you. End-to-end action, uh, be able to be able to, be able to score, but also be able to guard the team's top player. You pair him with Andrew Wiggins, who really kind of just scores, um, and Carl Anthony Towns. I think it's a really good mix. We'll see if Ricky Rubio stays there. I know he's been a mass, massive rumor, basically linked to everybody. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he stays, but I think there's a very nice trade uh, for Minnesota, and clearly Chicago retooling. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, to your point, Greg, this is one of the things we are saying, this idea of bringing in people who know how to be professional, who know how to win, to try and teach some of the young guys what we were talking about with the process in Philadelphia as well. Do you think, Kevin, though, that they're going to be able to bring in any kind of veterans or that that exact, you know, uh, veteran to be able to instill a culture in Philly? You got a lot of young kids and beat on Twitter trying to holler at Rihanna all the time. Do <laughs> Do you think that, um, you know, uh, part of the process is to get veteran leadership? I think so. There's one interesting name out there, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. They were linked to him early on, and I know Fultz is a but point guard, Fultz, right. and I know Simmons is that, but Fultz has two-guard size, and they can really do a lot of stuff that would be interesting. Lowry's a 40% three-point shooter, and he's a really good defender, so it's limiting his role, but then it's he's a guy in tough spots throughout the regular season that could really make things a lot easier. A lot of people don't expect it because, again, then you have three primary ball handlers, right. which could get tricky, but they have the cap space. He's from Philly. Went I think to it Villanova. could really make sense for them. Yep, it could. Um, Mark, the- Stein, Mark Stein has reported that it is expected to be Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the number seven overall pick to Chicago. Casey Johnson, on top of that, has reported that the Bulls have agreed to the deal in principle. Wow, Woo! okay, so there you have it, Greg. Sussmania Sussman breaking a little bit of news here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Right now, though, the Los Angeles Lakers are on the clock. Um, here's where it starts to get exciting. You remember Lonzo Ball with his workouts. Was he in shape? Does the team want to deal with LeVar and the big baller brand? All that kind of stuff. There's been talk that maybe the Lakers do like a guy like Fox going somewhere else. Um... You think it's going to be Lonzo? I, it has to be. Everything that they've done has gone to this point, and Russell was the the nail in the coffin. Right. Because he, I thought he could have played two guard next to Lonzo, but they either didn't or I mean, Russell has a lot of off court issues that I don't know if I would want to pair with Lavar Ball. So it to me, it, it's got to be Lonzo Ball. I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Sham Sharania of the of uh, Woj's crew at the Vertical mm-hmm. has reported that with number two overall pick, the Los Angeles Lakers will select. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. Here's the thing. And I mean, you know, we could talk about LeVar all we want. I actually think he's doing his son a disservice. And here's why. On a number of levels. One, all you're doing is making the vets in the league like a guy like Patrick Beverly is going (laughs) to want to, you know, show that he could shut down Lonzo Ball. And here's the other thing. Honestly, if Lonzo Ball in his rookie year, 12 points a game, six assists a game, that would be good, you know, for most rookies, but it will not be judged as such because of the expectations and all the drama around Lonzo Ball. I think, you know, and it's interesting, when we see LeVar all the time, Lonzo very rarely talks himself. What do you think that is, Greg? You know, I, I always, every year, I try to figure out which players are going to obviously make it, which aren't, as, as is everybody. And, and Lonzo Ball is one of these guys that, from the start, uh, from seeing at UCLA, I, I believe that that he's that he's real. I mean, you saw the Foot Locker commercial mm-hmm. where where you know he, he joked about his dad. And right. He lets his dad do the branding stuff, and he kind of basically lets his game do the talking, which I think will really fare him well uh, in in Los Angeles. I think what we underestimate or underappreciate, perhaps, um, 
as media is that the players understand that they're all brands. The players understand that everyone's trying to make the most money, make the contracts. And I think like we talk about this in the NFL when players hold out, right? And all of them are just like, oh, we get it. We don't, we don't get involved in it. Let our agents do it. We let every man handle themselves. It's the same in the NBA where they'll let LeVar do what they, whatever he wants because mm-hmm. they understand, listen, he's trying to make his son money. It's not going to affect what's on the court. If D'Angelo Russell and Nick Young could play together for a season and a half through what happened between them, I'm quite certain that in L.A., Lonzo Ball will be fine. Absolutely. But it's confirmed. It is confirmed. confirmed. It's confirmed. The trade is confirmed. The Minnesota T-Wolves and the Chicago Bulls have made a trade. Jimmy Butler is on the move. So we have our first big name yeah. that is moving. You know, we talk a little bit about um, Lonzo Ball again, though. Uh, DeAndre Fox, though, like, as his dad said, ate him up both times when they played at Kentucky. You were talking about how he was so great and was able to kind of be what we thought he was at UCLA with that fluid motion. UCLA was basically the Warriors of college basketball, the highest scoring team in college basketball. But... Not when D. Fox was on the other side and they played Kentucky. Yeah, De'Aaron Fox is, is... The Kentucky's a different team when he was on the court, obviously, when De'Aaron Fox wasn't on the court. And this is a player that I think uh, I really am looking forward to in the NBA, and I want him to do well. He seems like a really good kid, and he seems like somebody uh, that should have a great amount of success in the NBA. My question is if his if his shot can improve yeah. enough uh, for him to be successful. Uh, we saw Emmanuel Moutier come in the league, right. and everyone said the same thing, right? He's young, he's really athletic, he's a really good kid, but the question becomes, will his shot be able to improve enough? It hasn't. It's clear that Jamal Murray has passed Emmanuel Moutier mm-hmm. on the depth chart, and he very well could be on the move tonight. Um, so um, I hope the same thing doesn't happen to Darren Fox. I like Darren Fox. His defense is probably better. Uh, the Manu- definitely is better than Emmanuel Moutier's. We'll see as Lonzo Ball officially is Los Angeles Laker. Yep, Adam Silver has gone to the podium and right now as you see on ESPN, Lonzo Hall donning a purple and gold cap, making that walk right now, shaking hands with the commissioner. What about Lonzo Ball's shot? Yeah, that's my question. You know, it's a little bit awkward. Yeah. Will he be able to get it off quickly, and you know, or will he uh, struggle with that at the next level? In your opinion, he shoots from so far; he'll have no problem getting it off. I, I, I think that that'll be fine. I think the interesting thing is his form makes it hard for him to get jump shots off the dribble, and that's the thing that he's going to have to be able to do in the NBA. Because I just don't know if he's going to necessarily ever reach his potential if he's limited to just a spot up shooter, and if he can't take people off the drive that way. They're going to lean back a little bit too far. I think the biggest thing, though, for Lonzo, and the reason why I really like this fit for the Lakers, is there is talent already there, and that's necessary because he needs a... a a minimum level of talent to work with for that, that he can bring up to another level. This is huge for Brandon Ingram. This is huge for Julius Randle, right. I believe. So I think that Ball's fit in L.A. is going to be really good, and I think Personally, I trust Luke Walton, and I think that he's going to get the best out of Ball. All right, so Fultz and Ball go one and two, as we thought. But now we get to three, and this is where it can get fun. We're hearing Jackson. We're hearing Tatum. Others, it could be, you know. So uh, where do you think uh, Where do you think they go here? Danny Ainge, also, what a master, right? Danny Ainge accumulating assets. I kind of think that whoever they pick here was the guy that they wanted at one and just knew they could probably wind up getting at three. They knew that Fultz and Ball were going to go early, right? Shams from the Vertical has reported that Boston will select at number three, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum Bang. from Duke. Okay, what I mean, we Kevin, will see. Not, you don't, you don't like it. I'm not. A, I personally, I'm not that big on Jason Tatum. But really, the thing is, Boston is in such a weird spot. You cannot convince me for a second they couldn't have topped that Bulls offer. 
it's mm. just they're in such a weird spot that I personally don't ever remember where a team just won the first seed of the Eastern Conference right. while also having picks as if they were the worst team in the NBA. Well, it reminds you of the Detroit Pistons, right? When they made the NBA champion. We made the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference. Don't go Milicic situation. Right. Milicic, I, exactly. I don't, a little too young, so I don't remember it as much. But it's just to me so... It's just so... Strange Tatum, I don't like as much. I think they needed scoring, which is probably the reason here. But mm-hmm. fit, it makes sense for this roster. But this isn't the roster that they're going to try to win titles with when LeBron leaves. The whole thing to me is so, so strange. I don't know. I, I expected a trade. Maybe I'm just disappointed there was no move. Uh, maybe, but... I'm not a huge fan of this pick. Yeah, you just want action. That's what it comes down to, huh, Kevin? I think this is actually a good pick. Listen, Jason Tatum, I think, can score 18, 20 points a game right now in the NBA. And you know with Boston, one of the issues, especially at crunch time, it was Isaiah Thomas. And who else was going to get buckets for that team when they needed it? Now you add another guy, a wing player, that might be able to also add to that offensive firepower. I kind of like the move. We know Kevin does not. Greg, how do you feel about the Dookie going to Boston? You know, uh, Jason Tatum is an interesting case. I mean, he was one of these top guys coming out of high school into college at mm-hmm. Duke, right? right. They, they were loaded with him and with Harry Giles and with Luke Kennard. And, you know, ultimately, I thought Duke kind of underperformed for me this year. Of course, Lonzo, LeVar Ball uh, now on uh, ESPN. What do you know? LeVar Ball talking on TV. Nonetheless. So Jason Tatum, I think, <laughs> I, I think he's somebody that still has a lot to prove. I think he has a, a a lot maybe he's 19 years old so he clearly has a lot of his game to improve Kevin's right where's the fit in Boston right now like why don't you go get and he's bewildered well, the, way. <laughs> the Bulls also sent the 16th pick yeah the, oh, their 16th really? pick was also included in that deal so oh I don't know if that I think that changes back things nine spots oh my I don't know. That's so. There's no way Boston can top that offer without sacrificing. Are you, are you, are their, their, are you, are you a Boston fan? No, right. I'm not. I'm a fan of competence. And <laughs> if, if you are on the YouTube stream right now, on the fan, you can see Kevin. He's <laughs> so not excited about this pick. He's, uh, he's flabbergasted. I don't know if you. Am can I hear alone it. on this though? I, listen, I, you can tell me. That's fine. I'm I'm used to it, but. Like, don't you think? Would you? Don't you think Boston would have been better off trying to to make some sort of move for Butler? Well, I've said it all along. I thought Jimmy Butler was a perfect fit for Boston, and mm-hmm. it surprised me that they didn't go out and get him. Yes, they they clearly could have made right. a, a trade for more picks and whatnot, and give uh, a Chicago better offer because they're trying to improve in the future. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, I, I think ultimately they're playing the long game, as Dane is, is kind of yeah. inferred here, and I think Minnesota clearly wanted Thibodeau wanted this guy. Right. They wanted him last year. He wanted him now. And he got him. He was going to be aggressive. Boston's kind of in the position to wait and see and make any maneuver they want. They have all the draft capital to do it. Let's see if they pull it tonight. We will see uh, right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. We're about to take a quick break. And then, as you know, we are almost done. We've gotten through three picks of the NBA draft. Keep it locked. When we come back, maybe we'll talk about one other guy I would love to get your thoughts on, and that is Jocks Jackson, the forward out of Kansas. Incredible talent, but we're also hearing about some off-the-court stuff. I want to get your opinion, uh, Kevin, when we come back about how much does that impact, you know, teams' thoughts going into this, you know, 18-year-old kids coming in, going into this NBA lifestyle, um, is it too much to handle? That's the question I'm going to ask you when we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, of course, shout out to our sports byline affiliates, the American Forces Radio Network, and because it is NBA Draft Special, streaming on Fantasy YouTube, it's your boy Dane Martinez, Speed. Spit statistician, let's go.
Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spittin' Statistician. I am joined on this NBA Draft Special Edition with Kevin Walsh and, of course, Sussmania, Greg Sussman. Hey, Greg, you were saying that, uh, you know, the, the, the Tatum pick was puzzling a little bit, but we may have some rationale as to what's going on. Whispers around a potential deal with PG-13? Yeah, the big rumor right now reported by Adrian Wojnarowski is that Indiana and Boston are engaged in, quote, serious talks on a Paul George trade, and we'll see if that materializes. We know that the Knicks for Porzingis want Josh Jackson. We know some other teams, as Kevin was talking to me about during the break, other teams were interested in Josh Jackson. It was clear that uh, Boston likes Jason Tatum, and now it's clear to me that Indiana likes Jason Tatum. But speaking of Josh Jackson, uh, he is reported by The Vertical that he is headed to Phoenix at number four. With the number four overall pick, it looks like the Phoenix Suns will be taking Josh Jackson. Kevin, in the like minute that we have mm-hmm. left, there's a lot of stuff about Josh Jackson. Incredible talent, but maybe some off-the-court issues. Phoenix, another team that is very young, yeah. is that the kind of culture, again, with all these kids, who is going to teach them how to be professional? Certainly not Tyson Chandler out that's, there. That, and that, that's a very risky landing spot for him. Mm-hmm. I like on-court fit. It's great, but sure. they're so young. Earl Watson, I believe, is their head coach. Who I don't necessarily know if I'd bank on being there much longer because he's not necessarily great. That is weird. You're relying on Tyson Chandler, whose names are consistently now just thrown around in trade rumors right. anyway, to be the leader of the, the team. Off-court-wise, this is not something that should put anybody at rest. Hey, Greg, does this fit concern you? Josh Jackson, Phoenix? No, I, I think Phoenix is also a team that is just stockpiling talent at this point. Josh Jackson very well could be the best player in this draft, for all we know. Uh, he has issues off the court. We've talked about that before, Dane. So I, you know, I don't know how I feel about Josh Jackson. But ultimately, you know, Phoenix trying to just get talent. And uh, I wish Lonzo Ball shoes weren't so cool. They just released the Lakers <laughs> version of them. They're awesome. Oh, so cool. If I had an extra $500, maybe that's where I would go. Listen, we're about to get out of here. But I do want to let you know that at number five, it looks like the Sacramento Kings are going to take Kentucky guard De'Aaron Fox with the number five overall pick. There will be a boatload of other picks. Um, Tomorrow on the Fantasy Freestyle, we will be breaking down everything that happened. Will there be more trades? Will, uh, you know, will uh, Lonzo Ball, will LeVar Ball have something to say? And who will be on the move? We'll be breaking that down on tomorrow's episode of Fantasy Freestyle. Thanks a lot, Greg and uh, Kevin, for stopping by. All right, we're out of here. Dave Martinez, Pizza Spin Statistician.